So we saw in the room dedicated to Tantra was a very human form of the yogini dancing, naked, dressed in the ornaments of bones, representing this kind of different approach, you could say, to the Buddhist path and to enlightenment, about this full engagement with the body, full engagements with the senses. So we see that also in this Tibetan scroll painting, even more dynamically, because no longer is it just simply a human form. It's a human form, but with the head of a, of a lion, a snow lion in this case, and holding in its hand what we saw in one of the other figures, a flaying knife, and in the other hand, a skull bowl formed from a severed skull brimming with blood, which she's drinking, and she again trampling on the egoic self. So this is this very dynamic way of engaging all of the emotions, all the movements of the mind, and uh, representing it in this extraordinary iconography through which the practitioner of Tantra would imaginatively identify. So this whole way that we saw the kind of rapturous tantric deities as a way of emerging from our usual uh, forms of, of uh, self-conceptualization. And here it's almost a kind of shape-shifting, shamanistic transformation between animal and human, representing all of these kind of liberated energies of the psyche, which are often formed in um, an animal form. This is why we see the ritual dances in the tantric Buddhist tradition as often being involving masked dancers with animal masks. So we might see a bull's mask, we might see a uh, tiger's mask, we might see um, a deer, many, many different forms representing this idea that we are, again, not confined to a single state of identity, but we can actually move into different kind of imaginative identities, therefore not being constrained by any sense of a personal identifiable self, but the self being a process, a process that's transmutable and that can actually move between even species in the case of these dances. So all the energy that's available to us as a lion becomes available through these enacted practices. They're danced. So we're no longer thinking of meditation as just simply, again, sitting quietly on a, on a meditation seat. It's about bringing this into a full embodied experience and enacting it in the world. We see the same imagery that we see in all the tantric deities of this chest plate representing the awakened heart-mind, which is the Buddha nature at the center of our being, which is not egoic consciousness that we might associate with the head, but actually this heart-filledness. So when we think of mindfulness in a kind of contemporary forms, we're really talking in tantra about a heartfulness, a fully emotive and passionate engagement with life, not a departure from it. Uh, many, many other aspects of, um, of Tantric Buddhist art represented here. We see the kind of retinue of this Singhamukha with other animal-headed forms here with the head of a, a jackal, here with the head of another uh, lion-headed Dakini, but they're all just representing the shape-shifting, uh, mutable identity at the heart of the Tantric Buddhist vision. And here, of course, are different Buddhas, um, different teachers uh, representing the lineage and transmission through which these kind of practices were were brought forth in Tibet and which they continued. That fire is the fire of awakening. So in the inner tantric practices in which you might visualize yourself as this deity, you would also perform some of these very, very dynamic yogic practices. So first you would bring about this transformed sense of being. You're no longer yourself. You're a deity. Then you would do some very, very complex held breath practices. You breathe in, you hold the breath in the lower abdomen, and then you do these, which we also have in the exhibition, uh, examples of uh, Tibetan yoga 
where you're doing very, very extraordinary movements, very different from Indian Hatha Yoga, and actually with these great drops, as they were called, in order to rouse this energy up through the central core of the body to bring about this transformed experience of who and what we are. So we saw that in that early tantric diagram with the pelvic cradle being represented as a bow, an idea of this energy being driven up through the body. So that was done also through these uh, tantric uh, trulkor practices, literally what were called magical movements, in order to bring about that transformation. So you perform that with held breath while visualizing yourself as a deity, often in the form of what we see here, Singamukha. This idea of enacted Buddhist practice, so this idea of shape-shifting, this idea of becoming the other, the other being us. This was performed through mass dance rituals that were a way that monastic communities engaged with a lay population in order to bring these narratives of transformation into the, the collective psyche of Tibet and Bhutan and other places where these practices were performed. So these kind of masks, for example, that we see here, we see that they have holes. They see that they actually have, in many cases, kind of leather straps. These would be worn by monk dancers in these rituals of transformation. Uh, we have the deer, we have the snow lion, we have the bull, and the Garuda representing this kind of celestial hawk uh, representing transformation. So what we see here are uh, sort of mythological creatures like the Garuda and the snow lion, as well as things that would be common in people's experience in those parts of the world, the bull and the deer. And all of this was about transformation.